Hello everybody, wherever you may be. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Atlantic Discourse. I'm still your host and your anchor. My name remains Ade Baloku. I'm so excited to be here with you once again. We have a very extraordinary guest today and we have a topic that everybody is going to be very, very interested in. We're talking about, we're talking on faith-based issues today and we have Pastor Kayo De Olutayo with us today. Pastor Kayo De, welcome to Atlantic Discourse. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that today. Uh, welcome everybody. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Like I said, we have a great guest in the house, you can see. Now, we're talking about starting a new ministry or reviving an old one. How to start a church in the current culture. You know, we've all been in COVID for the past few years. You know, we have the, the system of raising children has changed. Everything is changing. Parenting is a new task. I mean, mentoring is a different ball game already. Our faith as Christian is being challenged all over. So we need an erudite scholar, a man of God, a mentor's mentor to help us do justice to all these topics, you know, and all these issues at hand. But as you all know, at Atlanta Discourse, we embrace all facets of humanity to disseminate positive news in a world filled with a lot of bad news. We give a voice to the unheard. We balance the information equation. We search and discuss the facts wherever it leads. We combine the best of the human race to get the best out of mankind. We serve as a bridge between the developing and the developed world. We embrace business, art, sports, IT, health, history, and faith-based issues. We don't shy away from the fact. Like I told you, Pastor Kade Oluta is our guest. Pastor Kade is passionate about helping people discover themselves and their and to help them place their life and destiny. He's a relationship guide, family life coach, and pastor. He believes in developing people and positioning them in their areas of expertise and gifting. That's why I said he's a mentor's mentor. Kade is an NLP practitioner and a sought-after certified professional counselor of International Institute of Faith-Based Counseling, that's the IIFBC in the USA. He's also an associate member of the Institute of Family System Engineering and Development. He's a graduate of mechanical engineering and he has an MBA in human resource resources. He's a strategic system developer, a business slash data analyst with digital marketing skills. It's working experience span over 20 years at senior managerial levels and, and is also an alumnus of Lagos Business School. Kayode or PKO, as his fondly called, speaks in gatherings within and outside the country. He also sits on the board of several NGOs as a certified counselor. He takes clients in counseling therapy sessions at ME4 Counseling Services, an organization that specializes in talking and working clients through their relationship and emotional issues. Here, he and a team of other certified counselors help them gain what they need to solve their life's problem, you know, and uh, gain enough clarity to make informed decisions to take them to their desired destination. Kyle Day is an associate, associate pastor at Daystar Christian Center, a graduate of Rema Bible Training Center. He served in different capacity as district pastor of over 12 districts, pioneered the online church, Daystar Ekorodu Satellite Center, a team lead, Daystar Online Community, Global community of Daystar is the numero uno there. We all know him and respect him for that. Kade is a faculty member at the Daystar Leadership Academy. He's married to his queen of 21 years. Kemi Will is a certified professional counselor and a host of popular mentoring program, Listen Up NG, on our social media platform. Together, they manage operations at the Me, Me for Counseling Center. They are blessed with three children. 
you can see why I say the mentors, mentor. There's nobody else I know that is qualified to do justice to this topic. Welcome, Pastor Kyle to Atlanta Discourse. Thank you very much, Ade. I, I count it a big privilege uh, to be here with us and to share um, insights with every one of us here. I celebrate everybody listening today. I believe that it's going to be a very exciting time together here, even as we all listen. Thank you very much, Ade. All right, sir. So we have you here. We're not going to waste your time. We know you're a very busy man. So let's cut the chase. Pastor, what is a pastor's primary responsibility? Hmm. That's a very good question. Thank you very much, Ade. Uh, yeah, the primary um, function or uh, responsibility of a pastor, actually, as the Bible puts it, is to tend the sheep or to feed and to feed the sheep. What do I mean by that? To tend the sheep means to take care of the sheep and to ensure that the sheep is okay. And also, when I use the word sheep, I'm talking about members, I'm talking about people all over. Uh, we regard them as people so it, to tend them and also to feed them feeding them with the word of god in other words the pastor need to prepare the word that come from the throne of grace and help people understand that and they also provide um spiritual um leadership for the people and that i look at as the major at the primary assignment of a pastor interesting i like that you just went straight to the point and what i really picked there i like tending to the sheep. I added flock on my own. Thank you very much, sir. So, what theological trends and strands of false teaching are the elders of the church today particularly concerned about in today's world? You know, I mean, you know, the revelation has told us that in the end times, false prophets shall arise, nations shall arise against nations. But what theological trend and strand of false teaching are the elders of the church particularly concerned about today? You have the floor, well, um, to answer that directly or indirectly, there's divers. There are so many, and, and you can I, as you want. <laughs> you know, there are so many, and if you look at what is going on and the trend that is going on here, um, you will observe that so many people are, are fighting against it. But let me just drive it in a little one home uh, point home. I, I can talk about the issue of tight. I can talk about the issue of dress code that has been on for a very long time. I can talk about the issue of speaking in tongues, especially at a time like this. I can even talk about the area of marriage. A lot of that has been going on, and it has a lot of theological backings and all that, which to some are myths, to some are asking their tradition that is being imported into the body of Christ. So uh, those are some of the things that is going on uh, presently. For example, we look at the dress code. A lot of people have issues with, with that. And then uh, if we want to dive into it, um, it's going to be based on people's belief. I have seen a lot of doctrinal issues that came as a result of a particular uh, a person's belief. For example, somebody says, uh, don't watch TV. And today you see now the person that said, don't watch TV, now is now in the TV. Um, people need to watch it. So those are some of the things that's going on. And everything is really transforming the whole world. And people that are gullible are being um, enslaved by all this kind of thing. So you can piece some things and then give their own human interpretation and all that. And if call it um, their beliefs. And those are some of the things that I feel is affecting the body as it were now so in other words we should read our bible so that we don't get lights <laughs> because the answer i can say that again and again anything that is not found 
critically and explicitly in the scripture, you need to trash it because a lot of things are, I've given an example of people uh, that said that um, you need to drink water, only water, and then if he bat himself in the water and it's given to people. You know, this, I, I asked that question, where is that in the scripture? You know, so many, many things going on in the body of Christ and people don't usually touch the scripture, which is literally affecting the body of Christ and people have made it more like a theology. Thank you very much, Adi. All right, sir. So, uh, I mean, I live in Atlanta, and uh, I know I've, I follow you on all your social media platform. Um, one of your, one of the people you are mentoring. I have a lot of respect for you. But here in North America, I've come across so many statistics, and you know, in North America, some of those statistics show that Islam is the fastest growing religion or faith. You know, does that worry you? And what do you think is the reason for this? And how can it be tackled? Wow, thank you very much. Um, I must confess. Um the principle of islam and some of the things they work with i will agree with you that it's actually a fast um, um religion organization as it were yes it worries me but i would need to give it to them because if you look at um to discover that these people number one apart from the oneness of purpose there is a strategic planning Islam is not just a, 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 a operations that is done for the now. Uh, is something that I, I give to them. They are long-term planners. They don't think about now. So you see a lot of them now actually positioning themselves and positioning themselves in different different places. Yet, yes, the rate at which it is growing, the population is growing, is alarming. Alarming in the sense that uh, they know where they are going and they are positioning themselves for, to that. So if you go to England, for example, now, like you go to Europe now, you see a lot of them positioning themselves. They did not just start now. Now, they have a long-term um, goal and you see them because of the system they are running they are already positioning their children uh, there so if you look at the population apart from the the population the um the birth rate in which they give birth to children and all that you see them that they were a bit deliberate and this is is so worrisome and because of their oneness of purpose unlike you discover that there are a lot of issues when they're supposed to face a particular thing islam most of the time most of the people in that uh, religion they will see themselves as one even if they they, they first of all see themselves as one against the whole world and that has helped them um a great deal and so you see uh, some of the operations uh, they didn't just start from the adult they indoctrinate the children so i like that uh, uh, actions uh, that they uh, operate with cash them young the indoctrination is so thick. It's not something that they just uh, casual. They know where they are going, and they indoctrinate their children into it, so that when the children grow up, they will, they will, they will stay by it. Just like the scripture says, "Teach your child in the way that should go." But what is are the parents in the Christian faith doing now? They, they are so much concerned about, uh, uh, about their themselves and they forget they neglect the role of the children and the importance of the children and most times if you see muslims for example the islam anywhere they get to they always establish their presence i don't know if you have so, observed it i have sir i have sir but it, let, let me add, let me add a question to what i mean i like the way you responded you were very objective do you think as christians we should read islamic literature because i do so I understand, I, I read a lot of some Islamic literature, so I see where they're coming from. If you remember in Nigeria, for example, 
in the early 80s, a lot of children of Anglican, Catholics, Methodists, they all went Pentecostal. You understand? And a lot of children of Muslims went Pentecostal. So I think they went to do their homework to see how they can bring back. That's why you see they do revivals and all this thing. And, and they also research on the Christian faith. I've met Muslims, very educated Muslims in Atlanta, that they read Christian literature. Do you think Christian should, should, should read Islamic literature so that we can know how to engage them for the future and convert more Muslims to Christians? All right. Now, now um, let me start from your end point. Convert them to Christians. I, I We don't have the capacity. It's the Holy Spirit that actually converts. I know that. Now, I've observed one thing. Most nation and all that that excel base their, their nation on the scripture, on the Bible. If you look around, you will see. So, which means the actual, even the, the, the Islamic faith, some of the things they are introducing and all that, they got their own knowledge from the Bible. They see the way the Christians are doing the whole thing and they are implementing it in their own religion. So, for example, the outreach they are running now, the, the campaign and all this, um, we call it evangelism they are doing, they learn all these things from the Christians. So, why do we have to go to their own Islamic world? Um, 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 literature to mm. go and learn when they are coming mm. to learn from us. So we don't. Absolutely. Need to, for me, I I will feel uh, I'm I'm entitled to my own opinion. I don't think that we need to go to their own to learn. It's for us to learn our own so that we Very can well. understand <laughs> the principles that is applicable. If they are coming to learn, they, if they have seen something that is working and they are mm. adopting that one to make it work. So we also as Christians that we are custodian of these things. The truth is with us, the light is with us. We are, are, are ignorant of it. And I see, if you look at the statistics, you discover that any Muslim that convert to be a Christian, they become a very strong Christian. Absolutely. But, I agree with you. I agree with so you. But, say, but, <laughs> all right. You can go ahead, sir, if you still have anything. So, but we see a lot of Christians today, ah, they, they don't, they are not, they, in fact, they don't, they are even shy to be called a Christian. They are even shy to become Christians. But now, I love the, that's why I said, I love the principle the Islamic, the Muslims are working with. Very powerful one. If they are going for it, they go for it and they get the best. And they are always working on improving themselves and positioning themselves. They, I, that is one of the things that I've learned with them. And they don't, instead of fighting against one another, if somebody is a Muslim and is there, they support unlike our own and that has been a major challenge in the christian faith now so i would rather say that what is working for us as christians let us review it and make it work better like we Absolutely. say united states of america for, for example base their own um nation on the scripture and it's working it has been working yes there might be some there might be some issues here because of diversity and all that but if they can return back to the source i believe that uh, things will work back uh, even for them so that's why i can say it's not essential we have to go back we need okay. to stay with okay yeah i mean i agree with you I, what i was just trying to say is that to to engage them it's good it's better to maybe try to understand where they are coming from but i like the way you put it because they're actually learning from us so there's nothing to learn from them we just have to develop on our own more okay but let me just add to that again i'm going to tell you something i read about mahatma gandhi and something that is common among among countries, because you use the example of America going back to the scripture and God with trust. Mahatma Gandhi said once, he said, I love this Jesus. I like him very much. But it is difficult for me to tell my people to adopt him. 
because his followers do not do his own bidding. That is it. Mm, that's what Mahatma Gandhi said. He said he loves Jesus. He agrees with everything, but it's difficult for him to tell his people to do his bidding because his followers do not live the way Jesus does. The second thing I was going to add to you that when you talk about oil producing country, all I mean, naturally, if a country is oil producing, it will be rich, wealthy, and what have you. But I have realized today that, and I'm sure you agree with me, that the Muslim oil producing countries are more welfareist. I mean, they, they give their people succor compared to the Christian oil producing country. And I'll give you an example. I mean, America is all producing, they are doing their best, but I'm looking at it from the African perspective, for example. Nigeria is all producing, even though it's a secular country, but you have Congo, Kinshasa, Gabon, Equatorial Guinea, Sao Tome, just to name a few, who there's no trickle-down effect to the world. But we all know what they're doing in Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, UAE, and what have you. So I do think that the, that welfare tendency is something else we have to work on as Christians. We have to power pressure among government. And you said something that I'm going to hold on to that. Christians too should network more, support themselves, and we need more Christians in politics and power. So thank yeah. you. I love that very, very much. So now, this is the core question for today. What are the major challenges facing the church in the new culture, especially when you want to start a new church or reviving an old one? Wow, that is a very powerful question. You, see, <laughs> you, are, the, you are the only person that can ask that. <laughs> you see, uh, the challenge people are facing now, most especially at the time like this, is facing the new reality. You, The syllables have changed, and people find it difficult to believe that. In fact, they still find it difficult to, they're still trying to fight and to, to actually understand what this new reality is all about. The tradition, the Christian tradition is more like it's a traditional church where people have to gather physically and all that. But the truth is that if you want to start a new ministry, you need to leverage and also, first of all, come to in terms to, to terms with the new reality, the new normal, the introduction of technology have changed a whole lot of things. So if at all people want to start, I will always advise that please let us leverage technology. You see, uh, in, in some of the, like I went to Bible school and we told about the unreached people's group, unreached people's group. Those days, the unreached people's group are in the rural places and all that. But I can say to you categorically that the unreached people group are now on the social media. And I can say it categorically because the narratives have changed. All the things you have been taught in the church today, uh, if you go to the social media, they are being distorted. And, and the best way to actually give them and put the right scripture is for people to go to the social media. It's not for us to be shy to, to proclaim the scripture on the social media, not the adulterated um, things that is going on around. People have facts, people have it. And note this, people don't want to watch um, the Christian faith any longer because of the way we come to traditional, even on the social media. There's no, um, some of the things that they are watching on, on, on most of the social media platforms now if you can coin coin these things and make it more adoptable what do i mean by that defining your target audience and you need to go to where the target audience are so we have a lot of our target audience on the social media platform and this is some of the things for you to start a ministry now or to revive that you have to leverage it now excellence is another factor here those days you can decide to build your church and you don't have um, things that will attract people things have changed 
things have changed when we were growing up we don't have ac in our home some people have that but we don't have the privilege we have fun and those days we have silly fun some of that but these days even if you don't have those if you have silly fun they will tell you that it's outdated because pop have changed it the concept everything have changed so you need to work towards changing and bringing the kind of people you want into your church by first of all changing the environment so excellent is one of the things dealing quality things in an unusual manner you need to do that so when there is an adjustment here and there and you leverage technology people will definitely be attracted why because the world has gone upside down and that's the truth and they need the gospel they don't need the gospel from people that cannot speak like you observe that there are some some corrections that need to be made in my english on construction so if you are if you are not even well educated in your conversation with people people get pissed off why because they can learn so many other things and they can point it out so it's not just about their anointing is about the competence in your communication and these are some of the things that new people that want to start a new church or that want to revive their own church need to come in, in terms with and do something about it and that will help their, them in starting a new church and I, why I let, said. Me just, I did, let me just add one other thing now yes sir now the truth is this the church has left the four walls of the building and so that we need for us to go back to the way they were doing it in the olden days how when jesus started he said they were going from house to house there must there is need for us to have small groups i think you will agree with me now that you can have small groups and of anywhere you are in the part of the world and people will want to have a sense of belonging you agree absolutely 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 and so, so what is we are saying now is that there are people that need your message Create a small group for them and they will be interested. Not just talking about the scripture, just like the man you mentioned now. People don't care about what you know until they know how you care. That is the area. So the care part of it is what will make people endear to you. So in the small groups, you need to share care. You need to let them know people are going through emotional downtown, downtown. You have a, the answer. And I think it will be better for you to have that small group where people can come on board and then they will have that sense of uh, belonging. Thank wow, you. you see why I said you are the man for this. I don't know anybody that can do justice to the topic, and yet you are doing just that. But back to what you've been saying, which helps get to our last question. Can we consider religion as practiced in Africa as a drawback? I mean, what I'm trying to say, let's use Nigeria as a focal point. They are, uh, Nigeria is uh, the largest, uh, the most populous black nation on earth. One out of every four sub-Saharan Africa is a Nigerian. One out of every six black person in the world is a Nigerian. Clearly, Nigeria has not justified the confidence reposed on him, you know, with that population and all that. But yes, we are very churchy. The, I mean, you know, we are very religious, so to say. So why is the, the way we practice it? Why is the country still in comatose? Because we have a lot of Christians. I mean, we know the northern part of the country is basically Muslim. But in the south, let's say south, where south, south, south is, majorly christian so can we consider religion as practice in africa a drawback vis-a-vis -vis development and why why are those institutions and countries nigeria the focal point in such a very terrible discrepant situation sir all right thank you very much for that question um let me quickly point out or uh, make some little adjustments in that word now yes, when you use the word christian christian there is the christian as a child of God and there is Christian as a religion. In the actual fact, Christianity is not a religion, it's a way of life. So, but unfortunately, they have made the Christianity, nominal Christian order, as a religion. 
So when you talk about the religion part, the human factor comes in, the traditional part comes in. But as a life, as the because when they call them Christian in the Bible, they, they behaved like Christ. And so, so if you see people that are not reflecting Christ, they are not Christian. Do you, do you understand? So that is the first thing. So now practicing religion as it were, religion that are Muslim or Christians, now in Africa, you will discover that that kind of religion in Africa is self-centered, which make people um, gullible, which make which introduce to the people. Even if you look at the Christian faith also and all that, and some of the people practicing religion, you will discover that they, they literally project the blessings than the person that bless. Hmm. You, you get what I'm saying? So, I do, so, I do. And everybody now, the only thing when they go to church is they are looking for the blessing. They are looking for the blessing. And that is not what religion, why is not what Christianity is all about? It's about relationship. It's about having a personal relationship with God. And I like the fact that even the Islamic world now, one of the things they enforce is understanding their God and they stay by their God, even if they are going to die. But that is not what is going on now. So it's affecting generally, it's affecting the way um, the whole thing, the country is being run because everybody is now focused on self. I must get it. I must become good. And one of the things that I also observed that some of the things being practiced is that it made it made people. I mean, how would I put it? About laziness. It made people to be so much lazy. Instead of some things, taking responsibility for their life, they hang over everything to God. So I asked the question: Why did God give you your brain? <laughs> you understand? So I God do, sir. your brain so that he can rest and rest in the sense that he wants you to use your brain. Don't put that responsibility on God. So some people spend night vigil in praying, praying, praying and all that. When they use the night to pray and they are in the morning, they are useless. What is the essence of going to church in that regard? So that is practicing religion. You know, that, that, those are the things. And those are the things that is actually affecting the body of God. However, the good side of it is that those people that are practicing the life of God, you will see that they take it to the next level that by living the life of Christ. How do I mean? The people that are living the life of Christ created development. Most of the people that are developing, uh, we have developing area, they leverage on the life of God. What, what, does, what, is that, what does that mean? They are people-centered, not self-centered. They take care of the people. You see them building schools. Uh, they see them renovating schools. You see them um, building hospitals. You see them trying to shape the mindset of the people, helping them to know that there is more to life than what they are doing. You see them to know that, look, your life is too small to be the reason for your life. And you see like people like uh, like in, 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 in the church like that, that we have DLA, Daystar Leadership Academy. What they, they do, they shape the mind of the people that you can become the next person. You can become a better person. This now goes out there and change the narratives that we have there and that is a church that is a religion as it were as you call it but that can bring, bring about development but the kind of religion that is being run that is self-centered are the reasons why things are becoming backward in the nation and it's affecting the nation that is that is my own submission as you get that wow that's awesome that's you just you nailed it and i'm sure all our listeners and everybody that's going to listen to this will have learned a lot so clearly that's our last question but we've learned a lot because i mean i, I was taking notes as you've been talking you know 
Number one, the battleground is the social media. That's a new, that's a new normal. There's nothing anybody can do about that. That is the new normal. So any serious-minded person of faith must be ready to engage there. Number two, I wrote competence. You know, you have to become, you have to be equipped. You know, we must be equipped to engage. You know, if you are not equipped, if you are not like you now, you're an erudite scholar. Nobody can take that away from you. You are very taught. You must reflect Christ was another thing I picked up. Because you must be a good ambassador, your lifestyle should reflect it. Now, Christianity is having a personal relationship with God. Yeah, that's so so key. I also wrote that down. I also I also wrote you, you must use your God-given brain to to develop yourself. If you don't sit down, you want to write an exam, you'll be praying and you don't read. <laughs> you know, I like that. Now, successful Christians are people-centered. I I really really like that. That's my main point for today you have to do things that develop humanity and that's why at atlanta discourse where humanity based also so pastor kade thank you for coming to atlanta discourse you are you are a mentor's mentor a leader's leader thank you for what you do for the youth especially in north america and the world over especially in this online family god bless you so much we are looking forward to your 50th birthday we are preparing for it we pray Thank that God much. will continue to manifest your heart desire. Everything you so desire shall come to fruition in Jesus' name. So Amen. to our listeners, that's the Pastor K. We're going to bring him back again in the future. There's still so much to deal with. But the topic for today is pressing. That's why, buddy. So that's a wrap for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Pastor K, thanks for coming. God bless you, sir. Thank you very much, Ade. I really appreciate this privilege. God bless you more and more. You will increase more in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bob. Say bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.